Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan and a big episode where we look back on the action from this week's Sports Insure British final. And British Speedway has a new champion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm happy and I'm sure that they're just as happy, if not even happier than me. Well done to Adam Ellis, the 2021 British champion. Lots on the way as we speak to Adam Ellis, but also the fellow riders making the podium, Dan Bewley and Charles Wright. Plus, we'll also catch up with Danny King, Louis Kerr, Craig Cook, Anders Rowe, Steve Worrell and Paul Stark, all to come. We're also going to look back on some of the action from last week in the Premiership, uh, the matches involving Kings Lynn and Peterborough and Sheffield and Wolves, and some of the action from the Championship too. And our guest this week is no stranger to British finals because he's refereed five of them in his career. Former British referee Paul Ackroyd joins us. He's also the chairman of the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund and we're telling us about an event that's taking place this weekend that you can go to to help support the work of the Ben Fund. It's all on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. Lots to get through. We start with the action from Monday night, the 2021 Sports Insure British final, and we have a brand new British champion. Adam Ellis, who has ridden through the system in British Speedway from the National League in the Championship, in the Premiership, and Adam Ellis is going to lift his first ever British title. What a ride from Ellis. He's been red hot all night. A couple of points early doors, but he settled down. He's been a bit nervy on the start at times, but crikey, when it really mattered, he delivered in the final. A fantastic evening there at the National Speedway Stadium. Very soon we'll hear from the winning man himself, Adam Ellis, who of course was on this podcast just a few weeks ago talking about his aspirations and his dreams of winning the British final, and those have come true. Um, I must say that Adam Ellis came on this podcast a few weeks later, won the British final. Um, We also had Tom Brennan on um, a while ago, and Tom Brennan was on the podcast, and a few weeks later won the Under-21 title. Um, So maybe a good omen so it's going to be a fabulous uh, a fabulous couple of weeks ahead for Paul Ackroyd all being well who's our guest this week um, Paul of course you have spent a long time in the referees box of British Speedway uh, over many meetings late 70s through the 80s early 90s and you must have some some extra special memories of, of the British finals yes indeed um, 
the British final there at Coventry was huge and um, the whole stadium was always packed out and uh, it was a, a very big deal and uh, it was a stepping stone for the riders to progress to the next round of the World Championship. Uh, quite often um, the top four or five used to progress to the Intercontinental Final or the Commonwealth Final or, or something. Um, so there was not only um, a British Championship at stake, but it was very important um, for, for the guys to, to move in their world, world champion aspirations. Um, for me, um, I was looking enough to referee, I think it was five British finals um, in the 80s and early 90s. And uh, the past winners of those meetings were uh, Gary Havelock, um, Andy Smith. I remember Kelvin Tatum also winning. Um, so they were big meetings and um, racing was always absolutely top draw, as Kelvin Tatum always says. And uh, very, very fond memories. Um, some controversial events that I can recall that happened during those meetings. Um, but British final day was, was a big deal in British Speedway. But I can also remember before that period, uh, a time when people like Eric Bukok, um, he won the British Championship, and also uh, Kenny Carter. And so very fond memories of, of the days at Coventry. And Coventry, of course, is a, a separate conversation, I suppose, nowadays, but um, huge, a huge loss to uh, to Speedway and, and obviously a scene of, of some massive events in, in British and international Speedway, of course. It's, it's, it's hosted some other um, key world-class fixtures. But now with the National Speedway Stadium and uh, the racing it produced, it was an exciting night and another great advert for, for British Speedway last night. Last night at Bellevue was as good as it always is from Bellevue. It's a super venue to stage that event. And um, the riders absolutely love racing at Bellevue. And it gives them a track that they're able to perform properly. And uh, we can see their skills more there than perhaps at some other venues. Well, of course, watching the meeting and commentating on Eurosport on Monday night was Nigel Pearson, who looks back on the 2021 Sports Insure British final. Yeah, cracking meeting at Bellevue, I thought. Um, congratulations to Adam Ellis, uh, a worthy winner. Um, really fast, really fast bikes around the National Speedway Stadium. I think he's done well for Sheffield this year, and obviously he's been scoring a lot of points for Scunthorpe as well in the in the championship. But uh, he just nailed the start in that final, didn't he, last night? Um, Dan Bewley was everybody's pre-meeting team. Tip. And actually, uh, to be fair, um, you know he had he had speed as well. Looked really fast. But before the meeting, I was saying to so many people outside the stadium, we were talking to Kelvin and I about the British final. Um, who's your tip? Everybody said Dan Bewley. But I was making that point that in the British final, it is a one-off shootout. It is a one-off 60-second battle to reach a checkered flag and win the national title. So it was always going to be on an knife edge. It was always going to be difficult. I've got no doubt that Dan Bewley's time will come and Dan will will win a British title uh, at some stage during his career um, maybe next year who knows but uh, uh, yeah um, I, I think he, you know Adam Ellis is a worthy winner congratulations to him what can I say about the old boys Scotty and Bomber Scott Nichols and Chris Harris the, the, the members of the dad's army you know they put on a great show last night Scotty's admitted that that National Speedway Stadium track isn't as good for him as the old 
old place next door that sadly I'm, I'm looking at it now actually as I record this piece from the hotel in Manchester the, the demolition continues of the old Kirkman Shume Lane um, but Scotty was better around there than he is the National Speedway Stadium but he, he rode brilliantly Scott it was great to see and, and also I, I thought Chris Harris was magnificent and he just shows whenever Chris Harris is in town you pay good money to go and watch him I think he's brilliant um, we talk about this British Speedway Hall of Fame that has, that has started up this year you know, I think some some way further down the line, Chris Harris has got to be in contention for a spot like that. He's served clubs magnificently. He's always ridden ridden his his backside off, um, and you know, whenever he's in town, you want to go and watch him. So well done to Chris Harris as well. But uh, congratulations to Adam. Delighted for him. Nice guys can win. He is a nice guy. Um, I've followed his career since he first started in the National League. Um, congratulations to him. Brilliant. Absolutely delighted. I've seen quite a bit of him on my. Uh, visits to Sheffield this season as well uh, and I think it's great news and Scunthorpe's first ever British champion as well great for the for the Scunny Scorpions uh, I was getting the odd text from Rob Godfrey his promoter during the meeting when I was just saying that Adam just rolled at the start in one of his races and uh, Mr Godfrey sent me quite a polite text along the lines of shut up and you know, a couple of words with that as well. But anyway, no, he was brilliant. And uh, pleased for everybody at Scunny as well. And well done again to Bellevue Speedway, Adrian Smith, Mark Lemon, the track, uh, Andy Meredith. Um, it's a great racetrack. The stadium looked mint, clean, tidy and presentable for, for the cameras of Eurosport. And it was just a pleasure to be there. It was a nice atmosphere, that main grandstand. Now, it's got more numbers in it after restrictions were eased. The atmosphere was absolutely terrific. Uh, and it was a real pleasure to be there. And um, really looking forward to the Speedway of Nations there now as well in October, where the bad news is I can't get a room in this hotel where I am now because it's already booked up. Um, so if, you, if you're looking for accommodation in Manchester for that, then um, get on Google now and uh, and search for Manchester hotels because they're going quick. It's, I, I I reckon that Speedway Nations could be a full house, you know. But no, a great venue. Uh, Bellevue uh, immaculately presenting the stadium. The meeting went well uh, and a worthy winner as well. So fantastic stuff. Uh, hope you enjoyed our coverage on Eurosport. We're back on Bank Holiday Monday for Wolverhampton versus Peterborough and what an absolute belter that should be. And after Bank Holiday Monday, from Bank Holiday Monday onwards, it's weekly speedway on Eurosport all the way through to the end of the season in the middle of October. So lots to look forward to and uh, a really great night in Manchester. And we'll see you on the 30th for Wolverhampton Peterborough live on Eurosport. Adam Ellis then is the 2021 Sports Insure British final champion and um, incidentally the first British champion to be uh, riding for the Sheffield Tigers. So there's something for the Sheffield Tigers fans there. Of course he rides for Scunthorpe as well and he's been speaking with Phil Lanning. Yeah, I said to you earlier in the year I'm not bothered what people think I'm just doing my own thing mate. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it this year having a really good year at Sheffield. It's, it kind of feels like a fresh start you know, new clubs and uh, uh, it's been great. We've got a uh, new mechanic as well who's, who's been you know, a massive help. He's got a lot of experience. And it's, been, it's been going better and better so far. So um, big weekend, big meeting at the weekend as well. So uh, it's a good way to start the week. This could well and truly be the best week in Adam Ellis' career by a long chalk. Could be, mate. Could be so far. But you know, I, I still hope there's bigger things to come. We're still working hard behind the scenes to make... Uh, I keep progressing. I'm, you know, I'm where I want to be, in, uh, and um, yeah, there's still a lot of work to do, but uh, looking forward to it. And I've just seen on social media there's a lovely uh, post from your father. 
is uh, Sonny's proudest man in Europe right now. And uh, what does this mean to the Ellis family? I mean, I mean, I bet you can't wait to get on the phone to him. Yes, yeah, you know, I know that they're proud of everything I do. Before every meeting, they, they text me good luck, and then after every meeting, you know, they always, whether it's a good or a bad one, like, well done, or chin up and on to the next one. So I know there's a lot of people in France watching tonight, a lot of family, friends, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm happy, and I'm sure that they're just as happy if I even happier than me. So we've got a British winner of a British champion and everyone's celebrating in France. That's a new one for the, for the sport, is it not? Yeah, Aussie won it last year, French won it this year, so who knows what's coming next year. And just find I gather the first thing you asked for was Haribo or Haribo, whatever you want to call them, sweets. Is that right? Is that what you want? Yeah, that's the energizer for the meeting. Uh, we get for a few packets of them, especially when we're busy. So, um, yeah, we're going to be having a That's a secret success. <laughs> yeah. so, well, that's a, that's a very sweet success tonight. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Adam. As Phil Lanning speaking with Adam Ellis, the British champion of 2021. And um, when you look down the the podium, of course, um, two of the other riders on there, Charles Wright and Dan Bewley, both Bellevue Aces riders, uh, clearly have done more laps around the National Speedway Stadium than Adam Ellis. And that the achievement there of, of Adam Ellis really being one of the few um, non-ex-Bellevue riders to, to be delivering on the night is, is something else to be noted, isn't it? Yes, indeed. What was refreshing for me was to see a few new faces, um, to see a new face on the trophy, um, and it's an Englishman who is he's making good progress in British Speedway. And um, yes, he's, he's not a rider sort of based in the north who spent a lot of times racing at Bellevue. So... I think he did particularly well. But what was also refreshing was to see people like Simon Lambert uh, getting his turn. That was probably the biggest event he's ever raced in. And, and he didn't let himself down and perform very well. And likewise, people like Louis Kerr, he did extremely well. And all in all, it, it was good to see a different face, to see some different riders um, having a reasonable evening. Well, let's um, hear from a couple of the other guys then that made the podium, of course. Um, Dan Bewley went into that event as the out-and-out favourite, really. Um, and uh, on the night, it was a silver medal for Dan Bewley, and he's been reflecting on, on the meeting with Phil Lanning. As you've just said, Dan, the start's the critical thing tonight. Yeah, I just struggled a little bit about the gate tonight. Uh, it's a little bit different to what we've had recently, but um, you know, I should have done better there, really. But um, you know, it wasn't too bad. And then in the final, I made a terrible one, but uh, kind of recovered a little bit. And then me and Charles were battling away, and we, Adam just managed to slip away. And then I had a lap at the end to try and chase him, but uh, it wasn't enough. So. Do you feel it's the one that got away, or, do you, or how do you view it? Is it a good result or a bad result? Yeah, you know, I felt like I was easy, fast enough tonight to win it, and uh, you know, it did kind of get away. You know, I think if I made a start in the final, I could have won, but um, it wasn't to be, and uh, we'll put our head down, focus on the end of the season, and uh, come back next year. Obviously, it's another big week for you because you've got another big meeting at the end of this week. Uh, is that just all the focus go to that now? Yeah, you know, win or lose, it doesn't change anything tonight. You know, we still go and practice on Wednesday and race, race Friday, Saturday. So, uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to this next week to come. And uh, yeah, we've got business end of the season, so I'm looking forward to it. Listen, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dan Bewley there, um, quite philosophical on it all, really, but he will be disappointed to to have missed out and so closely to to have been British champion, of course. Um, is there extra pressure, do you think, on riders when it's a a meeting like that on the home track, perhaps like you'll have witnessed when, say, Kelvin Tatum was racing for the British Championship at, at a place like Coventry, of course. So, you know, it's a different a different meaning to, to the meetings. I know that I've spoken to Gary Havelock in the past and he always struggled on the big international meetings that were held at Bradford. And he said, you know, for some reason he just couldn't do it. It's, it can happen, can't it? It can indeed. And, and if it's your home venue, you know, a large section of the crowd uh, are home supporters and they expect you to perform particularly well. So that there is, a, I think, a massive added pressure uh, put on a home rider on his home venue um, to do well or to win the event. And uh, quite often, I think, somebody who just rocks up, who never goes there other than once a year, I think it's quite often that person who ends up being the winner because of the pressures of, of the home riders. And particularly with, with Dan, um, expectations were high from the Bellevue supporters for him to, to win that meeting. And so, yes, I, I would think he'd be quite disappointed today. The Ackroyds being a, uh, a Speedway referee family, of course, your son Craig is um, is in the uh, is a referee now himself. Referees the the Grand Prix sometimes as well. Uh, and, and for yourself, do you ever get out of the zone of being a referee? Are, are you watching every meeting and and putting the red lights on in your mind? Perhaps if there's an unsatisfactory start or something like that that's going on, uh, do you ever leave the referee world behind? Every time we watch a Speedway meeting on TV or at the stadium you can't get it out of your system what you used to do as a referee and um, in many ways it spoils you being a fan now because <laughs> you don't look at the racing as as a fan would um, we don't have a club or a rider to support and so you still kind of remain very independent um, and yes for me watching Speedway I'm still refereeing in many many ways I'm looking at the starts on the TV and I'm thinking, press the button now, release the tapes now, or <laughs> that rider's just moving a little bit, or, you know, he's not listening or watching the start marshal. So every race, I still relive the meeting as though I was still refereeing. And uh, something, but when you're actually in charge of the meeting, it's a different ball game altogether. Let's look at the um, the the guy who finished third place. Then another uh, another home favourite at uh, at Bellevue, Charles Wright, um, finishing third again. Similar situation, I suppose, at the National Speedway Stadium. But for him, some positives. He's um, struggled to find form so far this season, but um, things maybe taken a, a turn for the better at the British final. He's been speaking with Phil Lanning. Charles Wright, the smile on your face says it all, really, that it's been a tricky season for you so far, but you feel like you've got that boost you needed, that belief is back tonight. Yeah, that's it, Phil. You know, we've uh, been struggling at the starts a bit this year, and obviously with these new tyres and getting the right set up, but, you know, it feels like a win for me tonight, and it'll do me the world of good to kick off for the se- uh, rest of the season. Obviously, you sat out out last season or what was left of it 
Um, is it taking you while to, to get a bit catch up with that? Because I've noticed with other riders like Craig Cook, it's the same sort of thing. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, to be honest, I think I needed a year out of the year we had before, and it's always good to get other stuff in life. So I never really have the time to do that. But now, you know, I train hard. I feel just as sharp on the bike. It's just sometimes it doesn't happen, and you're only human at the end of the day. You can't do it all the time. So. You know, as long as you know you still got it, and that's the main thing. And I was just going to come to that. Two years ago, you won here, and does it feel like tonight you confirmed that wasn't a fluke in a, in a funny, strange sort of way? No, because you look at the field, it's strong as ever tonight, and you know, to finish second top scorer and then finishing third in the final, which you know, Dan, Dan's absolutely flying this year in Poland and over here, and Adam's having a really good season, so you know. It, some good, good riders who, uh, you know, finish on the roster. It can work both ways, can't it, Paul? That we, we see riders perhaps maybe underperforming slightly um, on their home track, but also for, for some riders, it provides an opportunity to just clear the decks as what's been happening in the league and, and maybe reset and something else to focus on. And in Charles Wright's case, he's had a few gremlins um around the National Speedway Stadium this year, and that's probably the best he's ridden around uh, around there for quite some time. Yeah, I, th- I think Charles did particularly well last night and he could have very easily have won that meeting. And um, it was down to the start, really, in that last race in the final. And uh, he just didn't quite have the edge then. Um, he did ride well. He could have very easily have won, won the event. He didn't. And uh, it'll be he'll be kicking himself. And, um, yeah... It's just one of those things. I think as well for him that perhaps it's a bit of an affirmation that he has still is still there and he's still got it. Of course, winning in 2019 and and as he mentioned in his interview, he's winning 2019 and coming third in 2021 actually is not a not a bad record as you, as you look back on the history books. It shows some element of consistency that perhaps when you're looking at the results from the league, it, they haven't necessarily reflected that. But he's he maybe proved to himself that actually no. I haven't fallen from from some sort of grace. I have still got it, and I'm still there or thereabouts with the best. Yes, indeed. Well, he's still the, the second or third best rider in in Great Britain today. Um, so he, he's reaffirmed his place and his status. And I've got to say, um, when Charles won the British final a couple of years ago, he was very good in helping the Benevolent Fund. Um, if you remember... Back then, uh, the winner uh, got a slot, a wildcard slot in Cardiff, and um, Charles raced in that meeting. And um, he had a special race suit made for the event, which uh, was livered up with with the Benfun logo and the Benfun colours. And likewise, he had a a bike cover, which... um, he then auctioned and uh, to raise money for the Benevolent Fund. So, um, you know, I've got fond memories of Charles winning that event and doing what he did uh, to help his, his fellow colleagues. Let's hear from a few more riders now who are involved in the British final on Monday night. It was an unlucky night for Louis Kerr, who uh, had a great night and just missed out on the semi-finals by one point. Um, but he's been speaking to Lee Wilde. Very unlucky night for yourself, just missing out on the semis by a point. What was it like out there? 
yeah, I, I love the track tonight. The rain came at the wrong time for me and uh, disappointed, obviously, by missing up by a point and had two gate fours. That, did, that didn't help me. Um, you know, but we gave our all and we enjoyed it. And like I said, a strong field this year and, and just by missing out a point, but next year. When you popped out the gate, you had great speed. Was that something that you worked on? Yeah, I've had, I've had a few good meetings. My last few meetings here have been really good. So we sort of knew what set up. We went from that again. And yeah, like I said, them, them two gate fours were hard work. You know, get get the roost was like putting a brake on. It was it was difficult, but yeah, never mind. Great. Didn't start off great, but you really found some speed towards the end of the meeting. Did you change something? What was it? Yeah, we uh, chopped and changed between bikes. And then uh, the third ride, uh, you know, we rode the second bike in the third ride and come back in and there's something wrong with the engine. So we jumped back on the other bike, changed it up massively and kind of done what, you know, with the setup that we used to ride here. And uh, yeah, it, it worked phenomenally. So um, just frustrating, you know, obviously, you know, uh, having a few bum rides there to start with. But, you know, it's nice to have some speed at the end like that. And, you know, it's for me, it's uh, when you have a good ride like that and you feel comfortable, it's a great feeling. So very encouraging leading to my next meetings. And, uh, yeah, I'll take a lot of positives from that because... You know, I had a bad meeting yesterday and, uh, and, you know, it wasn't looking too great at the start today. So to finish with two good wins and feel comfortable, you know, it uh, gives me some confidence leading into the next three matches, um, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So, like I said, we'll take, we'll take positives from that, move forward and uh, put, in, put into my league racing. Good to show the resiliency. It's easy to get lost here, isn't it, when you're not, got, when you're not on the speed? Yeah, well, if you haven't got speed here, you're, you're knackered. So, uh, yeah, just... Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit different this year and, you know, a little bit more calm and collected and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, older and wiser, I guess, as they say. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, just keeping my head together, just making the right decisions and, uh, you know, I got it together in the end. So, like I say, just uh, keep my head down now, put it in my league racing and finish the season strong. Craig Cook there, uh, Paul. Um, obviously, is another um, former Bellevue rider, and unsurprising to see him uh, getting going. And another rider who's had um, some some troubles, I suppose, um, on and off the track um, over the course of, of this season, but um, certainly seemed to to get himself going last night. And um, perhaps if he'd um, started the meeting the way he finished, he, he could have been in the contention as well. Yes, indeed. And uh, again, uh, expectations were high with Craig. And he had two particularly poor rides early on in the meeting and, and then eventually got himself together. But um, with Craig, quite often, um, he will go through the meeting undefeated or he tends to struggle in some way or other. But nevertheless, he's, he's still a very, very good rider. Let's hear some more thoughts of the riders involved then. Lee Wilde was out and about in the pits. We'll hear from Steve Worrell in a sec. But first of all, let's hear the thoughts of a previous champion um, and, of course, who won it at the National Speedway Stadium a few years ago. Danny King is chatting with Lee. Yeah, just um, just struggled from the off, really. And, you know, you need to get off to a good start on this sort of meeting, and I didn't, unfortunately, and was sort of playing catch-up all night. But, yeah, disappointing night for me. But, you know, there's uh, it's not much we can do about it now. just have to move on. Yeah, the rain came in, didn't it? It affected it a little bit. Probably known as your conditions, but what was it like out there? Yeah, it was okay. It was it was a bit greasy. It was a bit slicker to start with than normal, so um, there wasn't much material out wide. But um, you know, it was what it, it, it was. What it was, should we say? It's it's tricky conditions, but it's the same for everyone. So um, I think starting was probably a bit more crucial towards the end, um, and unfortunately, yeah, I just couldn't quite get there. 
push on now for the rest of the season? Yeah, I see it's all we can do, you know, there's no point in dwelling too much. Obviously, I'm disappointed, but still a lot to ride for, so we'll keep going. Stevie, bit of a mixed night for yourself. How was it out there? Uh, tricky, you know, a bit, little bit different as we started. A lot heavier than usual. Um, and the rain, you know, it wouldn't be the British final without a bit of rain, I think. It seems to do that every year. But no, I just started off well and then tailed off a little bit, you know, got a bit lost, but... Speedway. Is it one of those nights where the setup changed or was it something different? No, it's. I don't know, we're just uh, finding it tough here this year. I don't know why, it's just one of these. I seem to have good form everywhere else and I come to Bellevue and I'm, I'm a little bit off with the setup, but I felt like I had speed tonight. Everything was working well. It's, I weren't getting out the starts and I think if you're not, if you're not in front to start with, the, the way the track's set up with the dirt line, you know, it's quite heavy and loose. If, if you're not in front, it's quite hard to get through. And you see the guys who are winning the races are, are making good gates. And I think that's just what we lack tonight. But plenty of speed. It's just, yeah, better starts. Steve Worrell there, frustrated with his starts. And um, I think in a meeting that was uh, had all ends of the speedway spectrum in this country, new new stars um, emerging like Adam Ellis, of course. Anders Rowe, we'll hear from him in a moment, uh, was involved as well. His, his first appearance at a British final. Old hands, if we dare say that, in the, in the likes of Chris Harris and, and Scott Nichols. Then right down in the middle there, you've got riders like Stevie Worrell. Uh, Richie Worrell, of course, was due to be riding, but was, was injured and unable to take his place in the meeting at late notice um, but um, good to see a, a good spread of, of all angles of British Speedway represented on Monday night Yes indeed and um, that as I said earlier it, it's really refreshing to see some of the, the younger riders coming through and um, with regard to Steve um, he's been around a few years now, now but he, he's been dogged with quite a few injuries throughout that those period of time where he's lost a season or half a season and um, on his day when Steve gets going he's really good and I don't think he's peaked by any stretch of the imagination yet and I think a, a track like Bellevue is is a good venue for him um, and likewise his brother he suffered quite a few injuries and I think we've not seen the best of both them yet. A couple of other riders to hear from then after the British final, um, one of which was a late call-up, um, Paul Stark. We'll hear from him in a moment. But first of all, the thoughts of Anders Rowe, who of course is uh, riding for Ipswich and Redcar this year. Um, he's been speaking with Lee Wilde. So, Anders, bit of a tough night for yourself. What was it like out there? Yeah, it was um, It was good. It's a really big experience. And uh, yeah, I'm the only one here that's, um, yeah, I'm my youngest here and yeah, I'm here on um, really hard racing in the top league and I don't have a good average in that league for nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm the youngest here and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't just get, like, handed a place to be here. I've worked really hard for it and, yeah, worked hard. I got a point and, uh, yeah, it's all positives. I'm only 19 and all these boys are really, really experienced. So, um, yeah, I just take it as it goes and, yeah, learn from it and, yeah. What's the biggest thing that you'll take from tonight? Um... I need to pack more speed in my engine. Uh, no, it's um, I always sort of struggle with speed when I come here, um, just because my engine's like a bit old and stuff. And yeah, but they work and I get them to work. So um, probably the biggest thing I'm going to take away is um, you can't learn at the same pace as some people. Um, and yeah, it just takes time. And yeah, I'm going to get there. And 
yeah, to be honest, I'm 19 and I'm in the British final. So, bit of a difficult night for yourself, but you took the bucket on short notice, didn't you? What was it like out there? Yeah, it was, yeah, track was okay in the end, but for me, just massive problems, engine failures. Uh, yeah, and couldn't, couldn't come back from that really in the end. I know a lot, a lot of the lads have said the track's been different each week. You guessed it the other week, didn't you? Is it, was it one of those just completely different? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more material on the track today, but I think the weather's probably had a lot to, to do with that. So, yeah, just, um, but, you know, it's a good meeting to be a part of, and, you know, I will win it, but not this year. Well, Adam Ellis's first fixture that he'll be appearing as the British champion will be at Plymouth at the Coliseum on the, on the Tuesday night this week, uh, where Scunthorpe are the visitors. But the next major fixture in his calendar surely will be the Speedway Grand Prix Challenge, which is happening in Slovakia, and that's happening this weekend. He's not the only Brit in contention, though, for a permanent Grand Prix place for 2022. Dan Bewley and Robert Lambert also make the Grand Prix Challenge, a very, very tricky meeting. Um, Paul Aykroyd, uh, you have uh, lots of experience of some of these big individual events. I know your son's a, a Grand Prix referee as well. Let's just talk about that scene for a moment. I mean, it's a big fixture, isn't it, with uh, the ultimate prize in Speedway up for grabs? Yes, it is indeed. And um, we really, really would love to see uh, the Brits do well and to see more British riders in the Grand Prix and uh, we only hope that that they perform uh, as well as what they can do and not be intimidated uh, by um, their rivals or, or the track or, or the venue where, where the meeting is taking place. Each one of them has got the capabilities of moving forward and uh, if, if, if luck can play a part in their efforts, uh, they'll move on and we'll see some more Brits in the Grand Prix. Some changes this year, of course, most notably, I think, in the Speedway Grand Prix series to how the starts are working, a, a, a new system now where the referee presses the button but doesn't necessarily release the tapes. It's on a time delay. Um, how's that been working out? Because um, Craig was one of the referees for the Grand Prix and he was in action at, at Roslav on that that big event there. And Have you heard back on, on how it worked out for him? Yes, indeed. The, the feedback he gave me was quite positive. Um, he found it very strange um, for the first six or seven races. And he, he said that he felt a little bit of control had been taken away from the referee. But nevertheless, it, it allowed them to concentrate more on what was happening coming out of the start and going into the first bend. And uh, he, he felt it was a good, fair system. And he felt the different in, difference in the timings of the gate being released was good. It was variable and uh, he, he quite liked it. Um, it was noticeable at the last Grand Prix. The delays, the timing delays seem to have been made a little bit longer. Mm. Um, whether that, that was true, I don't know, but it did seem that the, the starting gate was being held down longer than in, in the previous two Grand Prix. Starts and, and how you do them have, have been the, one of the big questions about Speedway ever since Speedway began, I suppose. Um, and people are looking to improve them and always have been. And, and you must have seen some some proper flyers in, in your years in the referee's box as well, I imagine. Yes, yes, indeed. What the public won't ever realise is um, the control panels in a referee box 
and not necessarily in front of you. So you're looking out of a window and in an ideal world, the buttons would be directly in front. So your hands are on the buttons whilst you're looking out of the window. In many stadiums, they're set to the left or to the right. And in some instances, um, they're actually affixed to a wall uh, to the left of you. So your hands are reaching across your chest to the buttons whilst you're still looking out of the window. And uh, so at some venues, it's not quite as easy as what perhaps the public would perceive. Um, and you have the slight distraction then of, of moving your hands from the buttons while still trying to remain concentrated, looking out of the window directly down at the, at the riders. Fantastic stuff. Well, that's uh, an insight into the referee's box there and uh, and also uh, what's going on in the Speedway Grand Prix. The very best of luck then to our British representatives. We could have three riders all heading into the Speedway Grand Prix. It's, uh, it could well happen, you never know. Uh, Dan Bewley, Robert Lambert and new British champion Adam Ellis um, heading out to Slovakia and good luck to them in that Grand Prix challenge. Coming next on No Breaks, No Fear, we'll have a look back on some of the matches from last week and ahead to the fixture list for this coming week here on No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. This is the official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan and I'm joined by former British referee Paul Aykroyd, who's also the chair of the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. I'm going to talk more about the work they do um, very soon. First, let's have a look back at some of the fixtures from this week in the Premiership and in the Championship. Uh, last week, things started hotting up in the playoff places in the Premiership when uh, Wolves defeated Sheffield and Alderton, uh, their second home defeat. Very close one. Came down to the last heat technically, although really when you look at the scores, it was all done and dusted by, uh, by Heat 14, really, and uh, Sheffield needed a 5-1 to really save any kind of face which they uh, they did manage that uh, that feat so it's a good job that Wolves did get it finished by Heat 14 but a huge score for Ryan Douglas who finished with 16 points so we'll hear from him in a moment first of all let's hear the thoughts of the Sheffield boss Simon Stead who was um, very concerned by how his side fared previously we've talked about um, the problems at reserve that they had that's been fixed with Stefan Nielsen uh, scoring 11 plus 2 um, but to have your number one scoring 0 is an obvious concern um, I haven't got any answers there really Ryan and, and unfortunately neither is neither is Batch um, we know what he's capable of we've seen it uh, maybe not so much this season but certainly in, in previous years former GP rider um, just never thought I'd see the day when I'd, when I'd see Bachelor scoring a, a zero in uh, in this league. Um, what we do um, is something that um, I'll discuss with him uh, and and the senior management of the club. And if there are options, then we'll we'll explore them. Just finally, uh, one thing this result does do, it puts even more pressure not only on the, uh, the visit to Kings Lynn next Thursday, but particularly that next home fixture here against Ipswich. Uh, I, I look at every fixture and, I, and, I, and we, we try and win them all, Ryan. It's, not, uh, it's, it's never any different. So 
we have to get over the disappointment of, of this meeting very quickly, looking at next week. Um, we need a result at, at Kings Lynn. That's, that's a given. And, um, and our home form, like I said before, has to improve dramatically. Uh, we've got work to do. Sheffield 44, Wolves 46. And what that also uh, achieves is um, Wolves assured of their place, whatever happens now in the, uh, in the playoffs, in the, um, in the Premiership. Um, Paul, when you look at the, the, the Premiership situation, Wolves have been outstanding really, not quite since the off, because they had a couple of wobbles at the, at the very start of the season. But since they got going in the early throws of, of this season, they've, uh, they have been pretty unbeatable wherever they go, almost. Yes, they're... they're... As you would expect, Wolverhampton are, uh, are putting a good show on wherever the race. Um, you would expect Pete Adams to to be wanting another league championship, um, as he always does, and uh, they've performed particularly well. And uh, but it, it, it's quite intriguing uh, the way the top four or five are now panning out, and uh, I think it's it's going to be a dramatic end to the season which is good and likewise in in the other league as well when you look at what is going on there um it's pretty tight and uh it's it's for the making of a, a really good end of season playoff situation well, we've seen the uh, tales of the reserves at Peterborough and how they've been delivering. Same for Wolves, because Ryan Douglas was putting away the points. He scored 16 around Ollerton, and uh, he's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Ryan Douglas, uh, five wins, 16 points. Is that arguably one of your best nights in British Speedway? Yeah, I think so. I think the, at Peterborough I had 19 one time, but yeah, it was definitely a good night, and I always enjoy coming here and seemed to have scored well in the championship. Every time I come here, so I was, looked at the track tonight, and I thought uh, someone I could go good on but um, yeah to get it done and, and walk away of 16 I'm very happy Yeah when you see Wolves only won by two points as well that really does show how important that contribution was Yeah exactly I was um, I was thinking that they're, they're a good side here as well so I thought if I can make the difference at reserve and takes a bit of pressure off the boys and managed to do that so now hopefully can carry that form Eight wins in a row for the Wolves uh, a big night as well because the, the win here and the result at uh, Kings Lynn with Peterborough winning there does automatically book uh, Wolves' spot in the playoffs mathematically now Yeah I think we we, we weren't too worried about making the playoffs, but we, we'd like to finish top and then have the pick. So with a result like this, it definitely goes a long way. So, um, yeah, we still got another, I think, four away meetings on the trot. So if we can pick up a few more points away, it'll put us in a good position. Yeah, in that uh, in this spell as well, gone to Bellevue and won, come to Sheffield and won. So showing you can win at the rivals who you, you're going to be up against as well with a trip to Peterborough to come again. Yeah, exactly. It looks like Peterborough, Sheffield and Bellevue, and it's all tracks we kind of like, and especially myself, they're three probably some of my favourite tracks so if um, yeah, if I can contribute well with them and I know the rest of the boys will, will go well um, we can look for some wins at away tracks It's easy to say when you're on a winning run but there really is a, a special togetherness about this team Yeah, it's one of the best teams I've been in um, a lot of Aussie boys I think helps we all get along well and when someone's down you know, always got the boys there to pick you up and um, yeah, I think it's, it's one of my favourite teams I've been in and uh, hopefully we can keep something similar next year Yeah, just a, a quick word as well for your fellow reserve Leon Flint not at it easy over the, the last few meetings but came in and, and got the job done with you in heat 14 yeah I wasn't quite sure and I looked back and seen he, he, he got third so I was um and everyone was up going cheering to him so I realized then we'd, we'd had the win and um yeah he's, he's finding it a bit tough which it is you know there's there's no easy races in this league and you need to make starts and I think it just needs a little bit I uh, had some clutch problems and stuff but uh, it's a big confidence booster for him so hopefully now he can kick 
on and it's got to score a few more. Well, well done to you and the team on a terrific night, Doug. Cheers, thanks. Let's get the thoughts of the Wolves team manager then. Here's Peter Adams with Ryan Guest. Wolverhampton team manager Peter Adams, a victory here at Sheffield tonight and the way uh, other results have gone, it means you've booked your place in the playoffs already. Yeah, and um, I think that's been the case for a while, to be honest with you. I think it's pretty much sorted out now who's, um, who's going to end up in the top four positions. And yeah, we're... Uh, we're looking forward to it, obviously. Yeah, the changes Sheffield had made, they came back here in high spirits after two wins on the road. Um, but the, the form Wolves are in just unstoppable right now with an eighth successive victory tonight. Yeah, I mean, we had a battle hard here today and we were fortunate in having um, Ryan Douglas scoring so freely in the reserve position. We managed to squeeze all his seven uh, quota of rides in and he was the star of the show for us. But everybody, you know, fought really tough and nail because we really wanted to win there. I was going to say Sheffield obviously uh, have shown they're strong on this circuit they showed it when you came here on the, the first night of the season for the for the Tigers home campaign as well but dominated the race victories and dominated the heat advantages as well. Yeah I think that um, Sheffield are going to end up in the playoffs as well and um, it'll be interesting to see whether they continue you know, with the team that they tracked here tonight because um, you know, they were let down in one or two positions, but I mean that's uh, that's for them to address, and who knows our paths might cross again. You know, in uh, in a month or two's time. Yep, and while that playoff spot is confirmed, now it's all about going for that number one position and keeping that momentum going. Well, we've been doing that since May, <laughs> and uh, you know we're doing uh, the best we can. But uh, no, we're looking we're looking good at the minute. But you know, you're only as good as your last meeting and. Tonight we were very good. Many congratulations tonight, no Peter. Thank you very much. Peter Adams has been around quite a long time. Uh, have you had any uh, any chats on the on the pit phone with with Pete in the past? Many, many <laughs> over the years, and uh, some have been good and some not so good. Um, but um, quite often we agreed to disagree. But but Pete is is a team manager that is very well respected by referees uh, throughout the country. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Wolves charge continues. Um, Four Wolves looking at the fixtures coming up uh, over the course of the next week. They're uh, next in action on Thursday. They have a trip to Ipswich. Ipswich, it's looking like uh, must-win territory for them now if they're going to get anything out of this season. You would say that perhaps Sheffield, with still a couple of matches in hand over Ipswich, have certainly got the advantage there. And uh, it's looking pretty tricky for Ipswich, who started with such promise and determination Termination, but their season's really not gone the way that they wanted, has it? They did. They got off to a terrific start. And um, for some reason or other, I think they've had a, a couple of home defeats. And when you look at one or two of the Ipswich riders, um, they seem to have struggled uh, at their home meetings. And um, so I don't, re- I don't know why that would be, but, but you would have expected Ipswich to be well up there in the top top three or four. Let's um, have a look at the other match that happened on the Thursday then. Kings Lynn 44, Peterborough 46. And we can't say that the the Premiership has uh, has been dull this year. There's been quite a lot of last heat deciders around um, this year, I think. And uh, once again, a frustrating night for Alex Brady. Um, he's been speaking with Dave Rowe. And obviously, Richard was, was fantastic and, and Eric obviously deserved his heat 15. Uh, ben, ben was brilliant. Yeah, much better than his point, point suggested and, and Casper as well. So it's not Nice to have that energy back in the side and nice to, to feel like we're all pulling in the same direction and, and, and well, going for the win. So 
And the two new signings, they're going to keep things a bit interesting, aren't they? Especially Ben Barker in these last uh, remaining matches. He's certainly a character, he's certainly one to watch. But uh, yeah, they are they're, they're two very good signings, very useful signings. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to work with them. So. Well done. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Edward. Yeah, just to say, you got you back at home next week against Sheffield. You must have things you can work on from this meeting that can hopefully take that forward. There is hope now to get some wins. Definitely, the track was the track was exactly how the boys won it tonight as well, which you can see. Obviously, they all enjoyed riding it, um, and yeah, some real, real green shoots from some of the, some of the boys as well. So yeah, people like Eric, for instance, you know, he's, he's struggled a little bit at times with the track. He got it right tonight, and hopefully, we can get it right next Thursday and, and yeah, get some much needed points on the board. You must be gutted for Richard because if anyone deserves an 18 point max, that was him and you would never have put money on what happened in Heat 15, would you? I know, and he's, he's really cut up about it, actually. Um, but Which I was, is good, actually. Yeah, definitely. And it was, it was, we were ready to give him the bumps um, <laughs> after that first bend, but, you know, you can never you can never say never, and especially with someone like Bomber behind you as well. And then uh, and, and Tofty was flying for them tonight as well. So, yeah, he, he's gutted, but, yeah, he, he, he was a star of the show tonight for me. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks for that. Lovely. Cheers, thank you, Adam. Thank you. It's been a tricky time again for, for Kings Lynn. Again, similar to what we were mentioning to Ipswich. They started off great, didn't they? And then they've had so many changes to contend with in, in the team as well. Must be a, uh, a referee's nightmare with all the crossings out to, to do on, on their lineup uh, through the course of the season. Of course, a new team manager with Alex Brady as well, who started great, but um, they're still just nearly, but not quite, not quite there. But meanwhile, Peterborough. With their experienced lineup, shall we say, are uh, absolutely flying, and looks like they're they're dead certs for the uh, the playoffs as well now. Yes, I think it's quite interesting because obviously it's the same promoter at both tracks, both Kingsley and Peterborough. Um, a lot has been mentioned about the age of the riders in the Peterborough team, but they're doing incredibly well, and um, I, I think you know they are in very strong contention of of winning the league. They're certainly going to be in the playoffs. Um, and I think the Peterborough supporters will be well pleased uh, with the efforts that, that have taken place. With regard to Kings Lane, it, it's, nobody can really put the finger on that problem. And uh, I think uh, Buster Chapman must have been tearing his hair out as the weeks have gone by. And he's had some really good riders there in his team. It's a good racetrack. But I also think, um, from a, a way rider's point of view, most of the riders like racing at Kings Lynn. And so, you know, the away teams have been rocking up there and um, full of confidence and, and, and they've won the meetings. It's um, certainly looking like they're, they're focusing on, on getting team places for, for next year sorted now. Peterborough, meanwhile, certainly have got a, a good chance. I uh, can't see them not getting in the playoffs and uh, they'll be focusing on what happens after that. Let's hear the thoughts of the team manager at Peterborough. Here's Rob Lyon speaking with Dave Rowe. Feels like ages since you've raced at home, certainly a long time since you've won at home. But is it now about keeping momentum going? Because clearly you're going to be in the playoffs. It's about making sure everything is right for probably mid to late September. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, we've discussed it many times. We're, we're sort of already planning for, you know, what we can do in terms of um, Ulrich's situation. And um, it's sort of a, a topic of conversation every day at the moment. So, um, but, you know, RR served as well. The boys have responded magnificently. And, and uh, but it's not what we want to go into the playoffs with, obviously. So we need to, we need to do something about it. But, yeah, so far... Can't Lots of your fans here tonight as well. Obviously a big following. Lo local derby must be nice to send them back happy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's great for them, really. You know, 
to, to, to win on the road's great anyway, and uh, the run we're having, um, it's, it's nice for them to come away, knowing that the, the team's going to give it 100% yeah. and, and potentially come away with something, and it makes it all worthwhile. Peterborough are next in action on Monday, and uh, a big one, Peterborough versus Wolves in the Premiership. Uh, your other Monday night fixture next week will be Bellevue versus Kings Lynn. So uh, a couple of big Monday night fixtures um, coming up in British Speedway. A quick look at the Championship. Um, Edinburgh continue their charge uh, upwards with uh, a big win over Plymouth. I think the standout results over the course of the weekend, probably in the Championship, would be um, would be well a couple of them really Leicester beating Eastbourne 56-34 um, so three big points for Leicester there and uh, the other one on the Sunday was uh, the match at Newcastle and I don't think anybody predicted Newcastle to beat Glasgow by 48 points to 42 Adam Roynan with 14 points and uh, what a big three points that is for Newcastle over Glasgow and um, a, a big opportunity for the, the teams coming up, people like Poole for example who are still playing catch up of course and they've got lots of matches in hand will be, uh, we'll be quite thankful for, uh, for, for Newcastle defeating Glasgow in that manner Paul. Yeah it, it was a shock result and uh, clearly Glasgow are missing the services of Ulrich uh, Ulrich Ostergaard but nevertheless it, it was good for Newcastle and good for their fans to to get a, a good win over, you know, a club like Glasgow. It, it, I was very surprised when I did see that result, but I'm quite pleased because it's good for that club. And, um, you know, that would encourage, I would think, a lot more fans to, to go along to Bruff Park. Yeah, it's um, a, a big um, week of fixtures coming up as well as we look ahead. Um, Wednesday night, Birmingham taking on Berwick, Poole versus Scunthorpe in the Championship. Thursday night, Ipswich versus Wolves and Kingsland versus Sheffield in the Premiership. And what a big fixture that's going to be for uh, for Sheffield to uh, further try and cement their place in the playoffs. And then on Friday night, um, Edinburgh versus Kent, Glasgow versus Leicester and Redcar versus Poole, along with uh, Scunthorpe versus Birmingham in the Championship and in the National Development League it's Bellevue versus Armadale plus the British Youth Championships taking place after that meeting as well at Bellevue and then uh, Saturday Berwick versus Kent Kent on their Northern Tour this weekend Eastbourne versus Redcar and Leicester versus Glasgow Berwick versus Kent in the National Development League and Eastbourne versus Mildenhall in the National Development League as well British Under-19 final at Mildenhall on Sunday that's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon New Castle take on Kent in the Championship and then uh, through to Monday where it's Bellevue versus Kings Lynn and Peterborough versus Wolverhampton. There is another Speedway related event you can attend this weekend and we'll talk all about that next on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. The official podcast of British Speedway. It's out every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Make sure you like and subscribe to make sure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Paul Ackroyd is my guest, uh, former British referee and um, chair of the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund, which is unique in World Speedway, really, because it is the charity that leaps into action for injured Speedway riders, either immediately in the aftermath of, of a crash where, of course, the Speedway riders' earnings stop 
instantly as soon as the wheels stop turning in some cases and, and those injuries can take a long time to get over and we spoke with Alan Rossiter last week he this week is under the knife having some surgery for injuries that he sustained uh, as, as a result of a crash um, many years ago I think you know nearly 20 years ago and, and again supported by the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund um, Paul tell us about how it's been this year because last year of course there weren't many injuries because there wasn't much speed way but um, how have things been for the benevolent fund so far in 2021 because we have seen some some major crashes and uh, surely some riders have, have been needing support already over this last few months uh, yes indeed to, to to date we have probably helped around about 10 or 12 different riders um some of them who were injured just for a few weeks and there have been some several who and now have lost their season. And so we were in action pretty much within a few weeks of the, the season starting. And um, and, and so we, we are trying to look after the riders as we normally do. And, and so we have been busy. Um, but also we've had some instances where ex-retired riders um, who 20 odd years down the line or 10 years down the line they are beginning to have problems. And uh, so we've been able to to help give a helping hand um, to those. Uh, we recently learned of an ex-English rider called Alan Emmett, who um, retired in, in, in Australia. And uh, he, was, uh, he has been quite ill um, and was experiencing a lot of problems uh, out there in Australia. So we, we've been able to support him a little bit um, recently, um, but our work goes on week in and week out. Just give us an idea of the kind of process and the kind of work the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund do to support a rider following a, a major incident. Unfortunately, we do see them uh, and we all wish that they're well and we check online to make sure that they're okay and responding in hospital and all that kind of thing. But it goes deeper. There's families. Often riders are not in an area where they live. Um, and then obviously bills and things like that continue, don't they? And just give us an idea of, of the process that works and, and how it works for the, for the from the Ben Fund. Yeah, we, we do have what I call a bit of a, an emergency plan um, that we, we put in place immediately. We learn of a, a very serious accident and a serious accident, meaning, you know, somebody's going to be in hospital for quite a few months um, and the injuries are, are you know, compounded in, in different ways. And invariably, the, the rider is either unconscious or in a coma or in that state. And the immediate concern is with the rider's wife and family or partner. And it's it sods law. Um, it never happens on a home track close to where the rider lives. It's always a rider who lives in the south of England, gets badly injured in, in Scotland or vice versa. And so our first plan of action is is to make sure that um, the rider's wife or partner um, is able to get to see her husband, uh, that she is able to travel um, down to the hospital where, where the rider is in. And so we, we kind of make sure the wife, partner, family are set up 
Um, do we need to provide some hotel accommodation? Um, do they have any money? Do they have any access to money immediately, um, particularly if they're living away from home? So we have a, a little system that kicks into place and, and we establish what do we need to do immediately. Um, quite often is the case um, the, the the rider um, isn't one of our higher paid sports people or sports person and invariably they're struggling to make ends meet on a normal week without being in hospital uh, and not earning a living so we we um, establish what we need to do financially um, to make sure that that the family are supported um, and quite often uh, when a rider is then relocated back uh, to, to closer to home again we look and see how long do we need to assist how many months or weeks uh, is, is the rider going to need help and how is it affecting his family um, is, is, is he able to pay his mortgage uh, is he able to live properly and, and so we are involved in all those things um, and the support is there throughout until until the rider is, is back on his feet and, and self-financing himself. And this is uh, unique because there are countries where you would crash and you know, you're left to your own devices. I suppose you have to have your own insurance or, or some other backup plan to, to, to finance this. And of course, the nature of it is it can happen at very short notice as well. It, it is. I mean, here in England, we are the only Speedway nation that has a charity. So Great Britain is, is the only Speedway um, that has a Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. No other country in the world do anything like we do. Yes, indeed, the riders do have insurance, um, but here in Britain, um, we have something more special than that in, in the form of our charity. And um, it's so important for the riders because it gives them a lifeline and, and, and gives them that support when they really do need it. And insurances, they quite often take a while to pay out. And, you know, riders need, families need money instantly on many occasions. And we're able to provide that support. And, uh, and we look after the riders um, particularly well. Absolutely. It's a, it is a great a great thing to have and a great reassurance. And I know it's loved by so many riders. The only thing I suppose this year is, and, and similar to last year, bucket collections are, uh, are not uh, not a thing that have been uh, allowed so far, at least. And that's a big way that you, you make money by uh, getting the buckets through the crowds and people chucking a quid or, or whatever it is that they, they can afford into, into that, Some, sometimes maybe more. Um, but there is an event happening this coming weekend on the 22nd, which um, is going to be uh, a thing that people can go along to if they're in the area, that they can see some some Speedway riders past and present and, um, and raise some money for the Benevolent Fund too. Yes, indeed. Um, we are staging a, a charity football match on Sunday morning in Northampton at a place called Cogginhoe United Football Club. And Nigel Wagstaff, who is, is very much involved in the running of that football club, has kindly agreed to, to let us use the facilities of uh, the pitch and, and the stadium as such. 
And he's also staging um, the celebration of historical speedway and grass track and long track machines. And I do know some of Simon Wiggs old bikes, his long track bikes, they will be there. And I think there's going to be a quiz and a bar and it's going to be a fun afternoon. Um, but more importantly, it gives us the Benevolent Fund an opportunity to try and raise uh, a few pounds uh, by staging a football match. It's many, many years now since speedo riders have, have taken part in a, in a proper football match as such. Apparently back in the 50s and 60s, it was a, a regular thing, but it hasn't happened uh, certainly in, in, in my lifetime as such. Um, so we, we've put together, um, there are two teams, obviously, Waggy's Football Select uh, versus Roscoe Celebrity 11. And in, in, in Nigel, in his team, there are some ex-professional football players who used to play for Northampton Town and, and a few other um, clubs around. So he's put together quite a strong team of football people. And uh, so we're relying now on some of our boys to come and play. And we've got people like Paco Castagna, Nick Morris, Ryan Douglas, Ben Morley, Jake Knight, James Sargent. Um, they're all uh, going to turn up and put the boots on. And uh, in addition to that, we've got Lee Kilby um, and um, Carl Johnson. And we've also got a few other um, Speedway celebrities to, to help us along the way. So Sunday morning in Northampton, it's going to be a fun morning for an hour and a half of football. Um, our mascot, Ben, will be there. Um, he'll be shaking around his, his empty bucket to try and fill it. Uh, but more importantly, it's going to be a family day out that, that Speedway supporters can attend and see some Speedway bikes, talk to some Speedway personalities and have a bit of fun. It sounds like a fantastic event, and that's Coggenhoe United Football Club uh, in Northamptonshire, and um, you can go along there, and the match kicks off at 10.30, isn't it? It kicks off at 10.30, and then the, the display of machines, uh, they will kick off at around about 12 o'clock, 12 noon, as soon as the football match is finished. It will give the fans a chance to, to mix and look at some of these machines and talk to the riders. The riders will be hanging around after the football um, the admission price is a, a meagre five pounds, and uh, so we're hoping as many people will will come along as possible. Fantastic stuff! Well, the very best of luck with it, and um, thanks for joining us on this episode today, Paul, and telling us all about the work of of the Ben Fund because you know it is an, an important thing to to mention and uh, and to get out there. Um, just on on um, the side of our collections. Um, Normally, we do a track collection at the BSPA shared events, um, but as they're not running this year, as in the pairs, the fours, um, that won't happen for us. But um, the actual track collections have, have just now begun to start. Ipswich was the first one a week or so ago now. They raised a magnificent £1,863. Um, so at every venue in the next few weeks, um, there will be a track collection. We do give an award each year for the highest track collection. Ipswich were the previous winners 
back in 2019. So um, it gives the fans every opportunity to give us some support when that event takes place at their local track. And if, if everybody could just remember also, um, we haven't had our Ben from Bonanza meeting this year and um, we won't have it this year. It's going to be back to next March before that takes place. So this gives everybody a huge opportunity to, to give us some support. And I'd just like to also mention um, Aidan Collins, who recently did his donuts, his 100 donuts, and he helped to raise over a thousand pounds. And Kyla Howarth, back in December of last year, uh, he raised over five thousand pounds. And Mitchell Davy, who has just completed his his bike ride a few weeks ago from um, Glasgow to Edinburgh to Berwick, um, money is still coming in for Mitchell's cause, and the figure so far is nearly seven thousand pounds. Wow! So. You know, we're absolutely blown away with that. And it's a lovely way that fans, you know, have been able to support the Benevolent Fund. It, it has been a, a setback not being able to do those collections. And it's great that they're back on the um, uh, available again and will be happening in the final parts of the season. But some great initiatives by various people there to, to do uh, some of those events. And I, I was actually present for uh, for Aidan's Donuts. I was there at Buxton because I, I had the experience the riding a speedway bike with, with Aidan that day. Um, so that was how it all rounded off. And uh, I can assure you that he did actually eat a donut after he'd done them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much, Paul, for joining us and, uh, and the very best of luck with the event this weekend. And, of course, uh, for everybody listening to this, um, when, those, um, when those buckets do come back around your, your local stadium to, uh, to dig deep and um, maybe win your team another prize of being the most generous. OK, cool. My thanks to Paul Ackroyd for joining us in this episode of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. And of course, keep up to date with everything that's happening across British Speedway right throughout the week. All the results, previews and interviews that you need to know about will be available at speedwaygb.co.uk or indeed on the British Speedway social media pages, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Check them out for all the latest news and reaction and updates throughout the course of the week. There's some great fixtures uh, on the horizon. The next action on Eurosport, as Nigel Pearson mentioned earlier in the podcast, is going to be Bank Holiday Monday, the 30th of August, when it's Wolves versus Peterborough, and then weekly speedway on Eurosport right through to the end of the season in the middle of October. So every Monday night there will be speedway there. And we will be back with you next Tuesday for another episode of No Breaks, No Fear, looking back on everything that's about to happen over the next seven days. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. See you next week. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.